Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. Now, these 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married 26 years and have four almost grown children together. We've both been in Christian leadership for almost 30 years now. I've been a pastor, you've been a pastor, and we've both been student pastors. And I lead right now a nonprofit organization that does outreach to people experiencing homelessness. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to find more intimacy and authenticity in your own relationships. Let's dive in. Yo, 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 we're back. <laughs> 36 questions. Number 10. Deuce. Yes. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, wow. cinco, it's our 10th anniversary episode. Cuatro. <laughs> diez. I was trying to get to 10. Episode diez for si. you Spanish listeners. Gloria a Dios. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because the Spanish thing, because I was talking to a guy today who's Puerto Rican, uh-huh. and he's like, Oh, you're John, you know, and I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, why don't you say your name in English? Like, in other words, the way it should be, you know. Right. And he thought I was doing it because I was around Spanish people. And I was like, no, it's it's my real name. Juan. <laughs> yeah. Juan. It's Juan Carlos sound. Ricardo. And, Juan Carlos Ricardo. And, and he's like, what? You but know? you're white. Yeah. Yeah. So it turned out to be a really great conversation. So it's kind of a good conversation starter. We had fun. It turned. I told him, hey, I used to live in Puerto Rico. That's for two true. Years. You did. And he's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, but it, I wasn't born there. That's not why my name's Juan. And he used to speak Spanish there, and you sort of lost it now. I, you barely speak yeah, Spanish I did, now. I did, I did practice my Spanish today talking to a Dominican woman. Did you? Yeah, she's been in the country two years, doesn't speak any English. So we, what, you know what? She was one of the nicest people in the world. Smiley, oh. happy, you know, and we were talking in Spanish and it was just, yeah, very Good cool. I was in you. Patterson, New Jersey. That really does impress me. Your ability to speak different languages is just something I've never been able to master and I've tried. Well, you speak a good pig Latin. I am fantastic. <laughs> at pig Latin. Yeah. Yeah. You're from that pig Latin generation. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big thing. Azwe, A-A, Igbe, Ingbe. Right. I don't, you know, if there's tongues, there always has to be an interpretation. So <laughs> think about that interpretation. I like playing games where you, you, they can't understand what you're saying. If it's pig Latin or you ever played that game, um, do you want to come to the picnic? I hate, I hate all those games. Really? Because it just makes me feel stupid. You do feel stupid, <laughs> but once you know, you feel superior. <laughs> And you love that, don't you? I do. In <laughs> fact, maybe we should do the secret to do you want to come to the picnic and actually reveal the answer to that or with that, you know, and that way whoever listens to this can play that game and they can feel superior or over everyone I don't in the think room. think people are playing that game much anymore. <laughs> I think that's a waste of podcasts, airtime. Time is money. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. We are on question number 10. Who knew we'd make it this far? I thought we would. I'm excited. It's oh. been fun doing this. I really enjoy 
our time together. Um, hopefully, somehow, something we say at some point can have some sort of either entertainment or uh, spiritual value or something. emotional value to someone somewhere. Hopefully, this helps you in your commute time or something. Yeah. It, if anything, time. it'll keep you from being completely and totally bored. Right. You might still Maybe. be bored. <laughs> Maybe. But not completely and totally <laughs> bored. A little bored. We'll lessen your bored. That's you know all we what? can promise. When my kids were little, they weren't allowed to say that they were bored. It was against the rules. So what they had to say was, instead of saying, because you know kids, I'll be like, I'm bored, I'm bored. And I have four kids. So having four kids say they're bored all summer drove me nuts. So the rule was, um, instead of saying I'm bored, they would say, <laughs> they'd say, I'm relaxed. <laughs> Code so code I, word for I'm really bored. So I'd have a little five-year-old come to me and be like, Mom, I'm so relaxed. <laughs> that's good, honey. Oh, that's great. It's good to be relaxed. Because <laughs> the truth is sometimes when you're bored, really you're just relaxed. It's all how you look at it, right? Mm, yeah, I guess so. And from that point, let's go to our question. Okay, question number 10 of 36 questions. If you could change anything about the way you were raised... What would it be? Oh, man. That's, well, what a loaded question. Are you listening, Mom and Dad? I was going to say, <laughs> if our parents are listening. Don't oh, listen. Don't, don't worry. listen. Turn it off now. I can tell you right now, our neither one of our parents, none of them has any clue what a podcast is, number one, That's or listens to it, true. number two. My dad listened, and I was really impressed with him <laughs> okay. for doing that. Well, yeah. But he never would have listened to a podcast unless you told him you have yeah, one, no, right? That's a good question. He does listen it's to the radio. It's a generational thing. Yes, that is correct. I was listening to a podcast by Conan O'Brien and his dad was saying, I, I, can't, I can't watch your podcast. I can't figure out how to watch it. It's like, <laughs> dad, it's audio. Anyway, but that's funny. Okay, so. Okay, wait, read the question slower so I can process it. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? You know, that's a great question because it, it really helps you understand the other person because how you're raised affects so much yeah. of who you become. Um, I don't know. Do you want to answer first? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So before, I guess uh, from ages, from my age, uh, zero to 10, um, I my parents weren't Christians. And so it was a radically different family lifestyle than post than after and so there was like a lot of things I would have changed like alcohol and drug use and you know all that stuff but mostly you or your parents my parents right. you know and so being raised around that being exposed to that mm -hmm. it's not good right. um but mostly it, it was like them being gone all the time mm. and so I remember getting woken up this is elementary school getting woken up I lived in a huge house and I would walk downstairs and it was they, a castle, wasn't it? Well, yeah, or it was like a small castle. castle. It was called Red Rock Manor. Right. It was in Oklahoma city, which is odd. Uh, an English manor. It was like an English manor made of red rock. Now was the red rock from Oklahoma. Cause I thought they brought some of the things over from England or something. I don't know. I can't imagine they brought brick by brick over no, or whatever, but it was made that. out of red rock, which Oklahoma is all red dirt. So it makes sense. We'd have a lot of red rock. Wasn't it a copy though of some? Yeah, it was an English in manor. I mean, it had 33 right. rooms, three stories, an elevator, seven bathrooms. It was enormous. Wasn't there like a chapel or something? It had a chapel. It had a library. Like a it had, top it had secret compartments and 
like behind like in panels and stuff kind of scooby-doo yeah it was scooby-doo in fact kids were afraid in the neighborhood to walk up our driveway like at halloween yeah totally (laughs) terrified yeah because yeah. it was on some acres of wood. wood yeah, it was land, 13 right? acres. So you had to walk up this long hill driveway. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was scary. And we had a lot of dogs, too. So I'm sure there's. I mean, what do you mean too. a lot of dogs? How many dogs? Five, six. Yeah, that's a lot of dogs. Well, they lived outside. Never came in the house, ever. These okay. were outside dogs. Yeah. That's a different generation that had outdoor dogs. Does anyone have outdoor dogs anymore unless you live on a farm? You know, I miss that. Right? You and I, our dogs ran all our over the dogs neighborhood. Our were outside. And that way there was picking up poop never happened. No. It went, the, your dog went and pooped somewhere and your God dog would him. come home to eat. Yeah. And that was about it. It just ran around free. I miss those days. My dog, yeah, our dogs didn't live in the house. Yeah. But I mean, you lived in Oklahoma though and I lived in Texas. Maybe in, maybe it's different. Other states? I don't know. I, don't I think know. the laws changed and you got to have your dog on a leash and all that it's stuff. It's kind of sad. Yeah, like, I don't know. Anyway, so I lived in this big house, and at the time, my parents had a, you know, thriving business, so they had a, we lived in a, you know, like a mansion, basically, uh, which sounds great, unless you're a little kid and all alone, mm. so it's just a big, scary house. You were little, too. You're kind of a little guy. You're I was a lot, little. You were very small for your age, yes. and you lived in this big place all alone, except for um, your housemate. Yeah, Juanita. we had a housekeeper named... Uh, Wilma. Oh, Wilma. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So she looked out for us, but mostly she looked after my younger brother and sister because they're much younger than me, six mm-hmm. years and 10 years younger. So they're like, you know, very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would run around, ride my bike around the neighborhood, you know, whatever. But yeah, I'd get up in the morning and have breakfast, bowl of syrup by myself. And then I come home from school by myself. I mean, Wilma was there taking care of my younger brother and sister, but I just was alone. A lot. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. So that, if if I could go back and be raised different, I'd I'd be having breakfast with my mom and dad, and then I come home and I have dinner with my mom and dad, and and just mm-hmm. you know do stuff like that together. Which you know they did love me and they did treat me good to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had other values at that time, like right. work and partying. So. Well, actually, after they became Christians and they moved to the Virgin Islands to yes. live for God, yes. in quotes, um, then you, you were together all the time. Then we're together all the time. Then I wanted them to leave me alone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did not want them to leave me alone. Uh, yeah, it was, it was actually awesome. Yeah. I mean, we did eat breakfast together, all of us, every morning and dinner every mm-hmm. night, and we did everything together. And it was... Boy, what a transformation. Um, but, so I'm going to say the post, how would I like to be raised post, you know, mm-hmm. becoming Christian family is um, my family was pretty intense and they still were nice to me. But um, I think I felt, I, it just felt too intense. I was a nervous kid, I was shy, very. Introverted. Introverted. And so... They were pretty big personality, came on pretty strong. They weren't mean. It's just things had to be done right and now and fast and, you know, kind of strict Mm. a little bit. I mean, I don't know if they were like, you know, the army drill sergeant, Mm -hmm. but a little, you know, and it was that was that was hard on me. I think I would have wanted more sensitivity and listening to me and my feelings, Mm. stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, they 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 raised me like in the 70s and then 80, you know it's a different time period 
yeah, you know, I think they did their best. And, um, you know, we learned from that. And then mm-hmm. I try to learn from that so I can raise my kids, hopefully, with things I wished I'd had. You right. Know. So I, I try to remember those things. And, um, yeah, I think <laughs> my dad used to say something funny. It's like, you know, like, oh, hey, what are you feeling? What are you? And you're like, feelings? I don't have any feelings. <laughs> You know, my brother I, Scott says that. I always thought it was a great line. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, everybody yeah, has feelings. You know, are we not in touch with our feelings? Yeah, maybe you're not in touch with your feelings. But now it's like nobody could be nicer to me and more encouraging and support me more in my life than my parents. I mean, super, super nice and yeah. compassionate they and are. kind and gentle. Right. But when I was younger, they had, the edges had not been worn off. Well, I think there's something about becoming grandparents that help people to. Yeah, well, and everybody just keeps maturing too. That's you just true. soften. I think you. Well, hopefully. we have even softened as parents. I think we were very strict when the kids were little. Yeah. And this is the way it's done, and this is the way we do things. And uh, I remember when River was little. I mean, uh, three. <laughs> And we lived at that house in the country, country in Great Meadows, New Jersey. And she was doing something wrong. I don't know what it was. And I said to her, this is the worst parenting ever. I said, nope, we don't do that in our household. We're a Galloways. And Galloways don't do that. So you can't live here anymore. <laughs> Whoa. And so I think I put her, I, now we lived kind of in the country and there's nobody around. There's not even a road. And so I just, there's just like a long drive through the country. And uh, so I put her outside, out the front door. I'm like, okay, well, if you're if you're going to behave that way, you have to live on your own now. And I close the door. Wow, I and, hope you're going to help pay for her therapy. <laughs> and then, um, so I just waited on the other side of the door because I figured she, you know. And then sure enough, within a, two minutes, there's a little, you know, knock, 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 knock. <laughs> tap, tap, tap at the door. Mom, can I come live at home again? I don't want to live on my own. <laughs> and I was like, okay, come back in, but don't do that anymore because you're a Galloway. We don't do that. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was, I was, I, I don't know. I guess I was a young mother. I was probably in my early 20s. So. Well, we got married young, so we that's did. part of the deal. Anyway. The, the first one uh, gets, you know, that's our uh, trial <laughs> for our guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're experimenting parental experiment, experimentation. Yeah. Anyway, that kind of um, that kind of maybe leads into our book of the week. Oh, good. So let's do it. All right. So the book of the week this week is by uh, is it Kevin Lehman? Doctor Kevin Lehman. Kevin Lehman. Yes. And he, he's written several books. Uh, the Birth Order book. And Firstborn is another one. Oh, yeah. I, I bet he's written a bunch more, by the way. Yeah, I've read both of those. He's actually a Christian, but they're not, quote, Christian books. They're not written for mm-hmm. Christians or not. They're just for everybody. Right. Uh, and good material. Um, I, I found it to be fascinating uh, because I'm a firstborn. And, you know, when you read about birth order, the first one is, you know, first chapter or whatever is like the firstborn. And it's amazing how accurate it was. I was like, no way. I've never even heard of this birth order stuff. And this guy's got it nailed Hmm. because every parent, their first child is their parental experimentation, you know, guinea pig. And so they're trying to do everything right. And that kid to be perfect. And, you know, (laughs) and so the first kid is just like, yeah, put through the ringer. 
Um, overachieving yes. they feel very responsible for everyone and everything yes because uh, they're given a lot of responsibility as their firstborn over their younger siblings and then I thought it was interesting the middle child and what's so funny is we have two middle children mm-hmm. and our younger middle he calls himself <laughs> Corbin he goes and he Corbin <laughs> he's very serious and he goes yeah I'm the lower middle <laughs> I'm the lower middle. He's always <laughs> saying that. He's not not just the middle child, which is kind of like looked down the upon, but the, the very lo- worst, the, lowest, the lower middle. Anyway, how the middle child is sometimes um, looked over and things, and it goes into the personality traits of middle middle child. Child is sometimes a peacemaker because they're the peacemaker in between the older child and the younger child, and they tend to be more steady usually. And then there's, of course, the youngest child, which I'm the youngest. <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> what do you the mean baby it makes of the sense? family. What do you mean it makes baby sense? Baby of the family gets away with murder, and the parents <laughs> are like, yeah, they'll figure it out. Whatever. Yeah, the younger one's kind of like the party one, likes to always have fun. Like, let's have some fun. <laughs> anyway, but that book is really interesting because you really see how your birth order affects some of your personality traits not just in yourself and the way you behave and the way you look at the world but the way your spouse or your friend or another family member behaves and why they behave that way and it helps you to have more compassion and understanding for sure yeah and (laughs) I mean I'm a firstborn and here I have my father's job you know what I mean what a typical kind of thing it's like you know, you kind of get molded really strongly as the first kid on just trying to be perfect, do everything your best, you know, like you said, kind of overachieve. Right. And maybe you put too much pressure on yourself. I don't know. Um, possibly. But, but yeah, the parents loosen up the strictness more and more and more until the baby's <laughs> just like, they're getting away with murder, basically. Well, I don't know. And they're putting things in their mouth and eating dirt and they're, ah, oh, I'll that's be fine. True. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Because you've learned the as a parent, like, with the oldest you know what, they child, didn't you die. wash it, you, you use antibacterial, and then with the, but with the, the youngest kid, child, child you terrified. suck the pacifier or clean and throw it back in their mouth. But you think every little thing that happens to the first kid, you're like, rush to the hospital. I remember <laughs> we took so River true. to the hospital because she closed her door hand in a sliding door. I went to the emergency room. Her hand was fine. You know, it's, but it was like, we're terrified. Oh, we've destroyed our child. Right. And then now with our youngest child, Connor, he'll break something and we're like, oh, it's real purple and swollen. Let's wait a few days and see if it just gets better on its own. I'll give a perfect example. (laughs) We were, (laughs) we were somewhere together on a date or something. And we got a call from the youth group where our youngest son, Connor, had had an accident Oh, and this is a horrible story. The, youth, the oh pastor, not the youth pastor, the, the senior pastor calls me. Actually, both of them, I think. I talked to both of them, but the senior, I think the youth pastor called Well, they first. called me first, didn't yeah. they? And, and they're like, oh, he had an accident and he ran into a tree playing um, um, uh, underground church or something. something. I forget. Anyway, they were around. chasing each other around. Right. And he ran right into a tree. And, and we're like, ah, he'll be fine. That's what we said. Ah, let him just rest, shake it off. Uh, yeah, and um, you keep slapping your leg, just oh, so you know. Sorry. If you hear a slap over and over again, it's because it's a real knee slapper. Woo! Yeah. So he, um, yeah. So we're like, yeah, he's a little dramatic sometimes. He'll be fine. Right. And I think I and they call back and they're like, he's kind of unresponsive. <laughs> 
Yeah, like unconscious. <laughs> like, you know, and I said, oh, I said, why don't he said they said, I think we need to call the ambulance. I was like, maybe you should just say that out loud. We're going to call an ambulance and then maybe he'll come, too, because I'm like, oh, I don't want them to call an ambulance. <laughs> So I'm like, just say like that out loud a few out times. And, he thinks you're calling and then we get there. And then we hang up. No, we hang up. They call back a third time. They're like, listen, it's really serious. And we're like, really? I guess we should go over there. So we go over there. And oh, my goodness. Oh, he, he was knocked unconscious. And we came out of it. He couldn't see. He couldn't. We shouldn't even laugh. This is not laughable. He was like drooling. He was unconscious. He was shaking. He needed to go to the hospital immediately. And I can't believe that we didn't make sure he just got in the ambulance and went. And it, it, it was a horrible concussion. And he was in the ambulance, and he, he thought he was going to die. He didn't know who we were. He didn't know his name. He didn't know how old he was. It was horrible, 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 horrible. And, of course, because he's our fourth, we were like, oh, he's fine. He'll snap out of it before. Our kids all hit their heads. No big uh, deal. But once we saw him, we knew. Yeah. It's just because we weren't there. Right. Obviously. You know. And, I mean, he missed, what, a month of school recovering? I mean, it was bad. <sighs> yeah. So, bad. now, he, when he's answering this question, you know, when he's older, yeah. how would you want to been raised, been raised <laughs> different? Be like, I wish my parents... Had cared about me. I wish they just called the ambulance when I knocked myself unconscious. Oh, poor Connor. Oh, yeah. poor guy. Live and learn. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. I just want to officially apologize right now. Yeah, for... I want to apologize for you, too. You really should have done something immediately. I think you're more the one that doesn't worry about things. But, yeah, we both do that. Yeah. So, anyway, the book, First Order. Well, Firstborn and then the first, the Birth Order book. The birth both order of those book. books. I thought were very good. Firstborn, yeah, they were really because it's about you. You're in there somewhere, right? The baby, right. The, whole, the middle, and it kind of makes sense. You can look at your siblings even and go, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. now why they're like that." And I guess something else I want to say is we talk about this book recommend, and it's something that you could actually read together. And Juan loves to read, and I love to listen. So what works out for us is sometimes he'll read something out loud, and I'll just listen. And then we can talk about it. And we'll do that on trips, on road trips, yes. or at night instead of watching TV, we can do that. Or when no, we're trying to not never be done that. when we're bored <laughs> or relaxed, <laughs> we'll do that. So um, it's always in the morning when I read to you for some reason. Yeah. Well, that's your reading time. So yeah. I sit in on that. Get up early, read. So what was the question again? Oh, I have to answer now. Well, that was our book review time. And so we have to close it out by saying, check out those books. They're pretty cool. And um, Dr. Kevin Lehman. Yeah. Birth, birth order book and firstborn. So right. That, that, he's probably wrote a bunch of other good ones too. Check them all out. Um, and read to each other. Like you said, it, it's cool. Even though it feels weird. I think when we first, you I had this idea. I thought that sounds dumb or weird or I don't like it. <laughs> you you feel that way about everything I suggest. That sounds dumb or weird and I don't like it. Yeah, but then I turned out it was awesome. See, you need to listen to and me And the more. first time I remember us reading a book together was driving from the East Coast to the West Coast when we were first married and we read Jurassic Park to each other. Right. And that was, that was really awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so check out those books. We're back. Now, Tracy, you have to answer this question, which I'll read again. Um, if 
if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Hmm. This is such a sticky issue because I would not want to say anything. Um, gosh. Okay. So. And I can, we love I our can, parents. Disclaimer. We love, we our, love parents. our parents. We think they're We're awesome. We're very grateful. Yes. Our parents have been very generous and kind very and good. loving and helpful and they're great. But <laughs> I think what I, and what I'm going to say, I think applies to a lot of people from our generation, possibly. And that is something I didn't realize until I became a mother, that maybe it was something that was something I wouldn't do. And as a kid, I thought it was normal, but it definitely wasn't. And what it was for me was age appropriateness for what I would see or what I would do. Like I was watching things that were not age appropriate at a very young age. Well, it was the birth of cable. Right. You're right. Our parents did not grow up with cable. It didn't exist. I remember when the first channel subscription came, my parents bought it, HBO. And it was only one channel. There was no other channels. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I know I'm right. I remember it. And they showed movies 24 hours a day. And that was a big deal. Like, ooh. So there was things on TV that maybe in their generation was not on TV. So they weren't really aware. Just like for us, the internet was coming out and there were things on the internet that were bad that at first we didn't really realize how bad and how easy it was to access bad things. And so I'm sure for our kids at a young age, they saw and experienced things on the internet, hopefully not, but they probably did uh, before we were um, educated about it. Um, And now we have all the internet software. What's that called we use? Uh, Covenant Eyes. Yeah, explain that. That's really cool. Yeah. So Covenant Eyes is both an accountability software. So if a kid or spouse sees something inappropriate, um, someone gets an email who's an accountability partner, usually a family member like the spouse. Uh, Or there's also filters. So you can set it up so they can't access anything pornographic, inappropriate in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, it's not foolproof. Nothing is foolproof. But... It's a great tool I think every parent nowadays has to think, think about or use. Oh, yeah. And then setting it up on multiple devices because everyone yep. has so many devices now. You have to set yep. it up on the laptop, totally. on the home computer, on the cell phone, on the iPad. I don't know about video game system. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there is hmm. for that. But if they watch anything on a video game system, there's a record on right. what you saw on Amazon, what Same you saw thing on with Netflix. Netflix. You can the... see what you, they saw. Right. 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 And so it's more an issue, even though blocking is so important, I like the fact that you also have the choice to not block it, but to be notified. Yeah. So that way you can go and say, hey, and have a discussion with them. Yeah. And so we've had all of our kids on this um, thing this to protect them since they're pretty young I think we've had it for quite a while as soon as it came out I think within a year of it coming out we were using it so it's a great resource for I think everyone. the first one we used was the triple x church.com software which was free yeah and that's a great website and be careful when you put in triple x <laughs> into yeah. your google make sure it's church make sure it's triple x church.com and they do a fantastic job with all kinds of programs they have to help people who are struggling either with pornography or adultery or I don't know lots of things 
uh, marriage trouble, all kinds of stuff. And they have uh, accountability groups and online groups, and it's amazing. So definitely, if you or anyone you know struggles with those things, they need to know about this website. It's just a basic, for sure, triplexchurch.com. They do a fantastic job. Anyway, point being, I saw things that were completely inappropriate at a very young age and therefore was acting out things that were completely inappropriate at a very young age. And uh, we weren't a real church-going family. We were, um, what do you call them, Uh, Christmas Easter's or uh, Easter Christmases. (laughs) What's that word that you use to describe someone who just goes to church at Easter and Christmas? Priesters or Priesters. something? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what they call that. But. Anyway, there wasn't a lot of, you know, I didn't have a lot of influence in that way in my life. And uh, I can even say, and my parents would probably disagree with this, but I remember not really kn- knowing that there was a cross and knowing that there was a guy named Jesus, but not knowing what they had to do with each other. Like... I really didn't. I wore upside down cross earrings because I thought they looked cool. Well, Madonna wore those. So of course, you got to get a pair. I was totally like Madonna. I had a Madonna dress that was black with the two big holes on the right and the left mm. to show your waist. And then those Too little... Too much cable TV. <laughs> and then the black rubber band bracelets. I'd, you'd have 30 or 40 oh, of them. Cool. Everybody had those. You know? And then, oh, you know what else I had? I don't know if I had this when you met me. Or maybe I didn't. I had shorter hair, but I wore a long braid on the left side that was tiny, that went all the way down to almost my waist, like the girl from the band Till Tuesday. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of like kind of like a rat tail, only not. It was on the side. <laughs> yeah, on the and side. It was a thing for a while. Yeah. I didn't call it a rat tail. That's a horrible thing to say. That's a guy. That's Whatever like, happened to rat tails? That's like. Talk about a a subcultural haircut. (laughs) Southern, no thanks. Anyway, but I thought I was pretty stylish. What's my point? Oh, yeah, age appropriateness for things. And so I think when my kids came along, when they got to a certain age, they were able to start watching certain shows. Like my kids grew up on PBS Kids until they were 10 or 11. You know, and they didn't watch PG or PG-13 until they were like 16, you know, until they were older or 15 or 14. Now, did they get away with things without my supervision? Probably. But at least when I was, you know, aware of, they weren't allowed. They knew they weren't allowed to be exposed to those things. Because I think with kids, what they listen to and what they see, they act out. And so I've known people who are not really watching or listening what their kids are listening to mm-hmm. uh like you could have a a third grader listening to a podcast that's all about sex and is really dirty right and that that young child is really ripe for the picking for being molested by someone older who approaches them because they think oh i'm going to act out what i've been listening to now like that's what i'm supposed to do and we really have to be careful and have these software systems in place I think it's a horrible idea for kids to have a tv or a computer in their bedroom Um, but now it's with with cell phones the same problem you know like I remember when our kids were little when it was time for bed they had to plug in their cell phones in our bedroom so that way we we knew they weren't on their cell phone at night seeing something they shouldn't see uh, because it was in our bedroom some people um they actually schedule 
um, on their router or the Wi-Fi to like turn off for at a certain time at night so nobody can use Wi-Fi. Yeah, your friend did that. Was that Ryan Torrance who did that? I don't know. It was I a cool idea. It was, it was somebody we knew, and they yeah they set their router I think so you could that even schedule the different users to turn them off. Yeah, it turns off on certain times, no so that way you know, like after ten o'clock, you can read a book. But there's no going online because the internet is off, you know. (laughs) Anyway, so age appropriateness, that's what I think I would have changed. I think that would have saved me from seeing things I I should have I kind of feel like the 70s was the time with parenting where kids were kind of left to their own devices a lot of times. I mean, it had positive and negatives, too, because positive side is they were extremely independent and self-sufficient because of that. Negative is they might have experienced some things that were, Yeah, there's that gap. There's like modern day parenting, which is almost like helicopter parenting, where, you know, everything has to be monitored every second and every, you know, there's not much freedom for kids to do things. And there's a lot more fear of predators and all kinds of things in the Mm -hmm. world, um, you know, to protect them from, but then there was this totally like, who knows where your kid is. They used to have a, an ad back when we were kids, like it's 10 o'clock at night. Do you know your child is? Because people didn't know. (laughs) That's true. They don't play that anymore. I remember when Everybody I was in sixth grade staying out till midnight at the roller rink. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just the trying way. to hook up with any guy I could while I was there. I mean, not hook up. I guess that's different terminology yeah. nowadays, but I don't know. Have a boyfriend, whatever. Hold hands. Hold hands. Well, we, maybe more. Kiss a little. Yeah, but yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean... The good thing, I guess, from, like we said, anything is that we consider that in how we were raised and how we raise our kids. And then we find out, hey, we don't, you know, it's like, hey, why didn't our parents know the right thing to do? And then we find out we really know the right thing to do either. The right thing to do either. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's not so easy to judge your parents when we have such tough, sometimes parenting decisions or. Right. And then our kids. We'll have other things they face. Their kids will be experiencing things they're not familiar with, and it may there's a little bit of a learning curve. But I can say that at any point in time, we can make a decision to change, to say, you know what? We're not going to do that anymore, whatever it is. We're not going to watch rated R movies in our house anymore. Or, um, you know, my kids are not going to have their phones in their room at night. They're going to be plugged in in our bedroom. Or... We're going to start putting internet software in the house. I mean, whatever it is, you can always make a decision, say, this is, we're going to do this now. And I think the way to make those decisions is not, you know, like a dictator, but really to join your family into a conversation. And because you want your kids to be able to make good choices. And the way they make good choices is they understand why. And they're part of the decision-making process. And you say, listen, you know, what is it? you want what do you think is good what you know and and you kind of have them even come up with some of the decisions themselves because it's easier for them to stick to decisions if they're part of the decision making process yeah yeah I think that's true yeah and then it's not just a one-sided follow the rules and then as soon as they get out of the house they're going to break every one of the rules it's like is this the values we want is this who we want to be like right open discussion and that's something 
that I think is so important too that we've tried to implement on and off throughout the years and it's family night and family night for us is usually involves some kind of great food <laughs> that's really bad for you like pizza or ice cream or, or treats pie. Like coke pie is a big deal lately pie has been big <laughs> there's a farm not far from us that has wonderful pie and so you know we'll have pie and another thing we do on family night we try to do is we sit and have a talk like a family meeting and that's where everyone says you know what's going good in the house what's not going good uh, how are we doing? We just kind of talk. Everyone has a chance to talk about suggestions they have to make the family better or to make the home life better. And everybody makes suggestions and we talk. Um, sometimes we'll pray for each other. And then we play a board game or watch a movie. Yeah, I was just talking to a good friend of ours, Heidi Hayslip, about this exact same thing. And, you know, because they were all going different directions and they decided we're going to do a family night one night a week. And everybody gets a choice for a different one to choose what the family's going to do. Oh, that's fun. And so she said her youngest son, Silas, was just like, that was his favorite thing in the world. And he asks about it all the time, you know. <laughs> and and when they complain, like, I don't want to be doing this. Like, well, you get to choose next time what we do, you know. And so it was a huge deal uh, for them. And they kind of got off track because your kids get older and that. You know, they're working, the way they're playing it, it sports, changes the and way you have to looks. keep adapting, which right. it's tricky. And so she's like, we got to get back to that because he still asks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And we've done it, like, we'll do it religiously for almost a year, and then for six months we won't do it at all, and then we'll start doing it, and then we'll stop. Or there's, you know, it, it's it's hard to do these things consistently. Um, but as long as you keep realizing you need to do it and go back to it at any time you can always say okay we're going to be doing this again Uh, but it takes I think that's what's helpful about having a partner in life is when you forget I can remember or if I forget you can remember or if the kids are into it they'll remember and I think if you attach a treat to it the kids will definitely remember (laughs) (laughs) so true yeah so true yeah well that was cool Yeah, it's a good question. So touchy, but good. And again, we love our parents and we appreciate everything they've done to raise us, to teach us. I mean, I think my my dad has taught me so much about public speaking and about being caring for people. My mom has taught me about uh, having fun and going on adventures. And I think your parents have taught me so much as well about uh, being godly and living a godly lifestyle and influencing others for good and mentoring people. So even if when we were younger, maybe some of their decisions we wouldn't have made, I think they turned out pretty good. We survived. (laughs) (laughs) It's like New Jersey. You know, only the strong survive. (laughs) Ain't it the truth? The weak are killed and eaten. That's what they say. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Don't move to New Jersey. Actually, in the country, New Jersey, it's quite nice. Yeah. You'd never know it, but it's true. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. And hopefully a few of the things we mentioned can be something that you can apply into your life or encourage someone else to do. Uh, We appreciate you listening to these past 10 episodes of 36 Questions. And there's many more to come. 16 more to go? No, wait. That's not right. 16? 26. Get you a calculator. (laughs) 26. That's my brain. Sorry. More to go. More fun. (laughs) 
see you next time. Bye. <laughs>